you. You look lost. Have you been down this way before? These Venetian alleys are so damn thin, so crooked. You never know what is where, or who could be lurking behind which corner. Why, a man I know was killed last week. Oh, are you running from someone? I see. <laughs> ah, no. I can tell that you came from me, eh? You came to hear my incredible tale of murder most foul and spoiled revenge. My tale of Xanadu and the Great Cane. Call me Marla. I know what you're thinking. You think, Marla, there's no way this is true. But it is true. And it all happened right under your nose in a country whose news you don't pay any mind to. Maybe your own? Where are you from? You're not from around here. Maybe it's the big city of Chicago? No matter. Whatever continent crossed to get to me, you'll recognize these people if not by their names, then by their desires, as their desires are also your own. It all happened at a corporation larger than has ever been, larger than the biggest corporation you can think of. I think I know the one you have in mind. But forget about those big brand names. Call this place Xanadu. I'm a romantic. Xanadu isn't just a company, it's also a place. A summer palace with literal top of the world kind of views nestled under melted glacial peaks. Outside of Xanadu the place, Xanadu the company has shaped every aspect of your own life, acknowledge it now or not. Decisions govern your daily choices in ways you'll never know here on the ground. But up in the mountains, some lucky few rule your fate like the gods of Olympus ruled over the pitiful ancient Greeks. And as for me, I got to play with them. But I must admit, I, Marla, will say freely, I didn't always see. I wasn't always there. I went on assignments fetching such and such, a gem, as the one I hold before you. Oh yes, I sell jewels. I'll let you hold it. Though this one's nothing compared to that purest opal I briefly possessed when I served the greatest of them all, Cain. But first, I'll start at the beginning. Now, I'll prime my story with near disaster. This still mighty empire is crippled by three years of failed product rollout, threatening momentum built up over a century. Our leader, Kane, once a proud warrior businessman, now succumbs to drink and merriment. Rumor has it he has his own harem, I swear. While his rule is threatened by the actions of his most trusted lieutenant, Ahmad, Kane's gatekeeper and financier. Who is Ahmad, you ask? Well, in Xanadu, Ahmad is poison, yet also serum. When Kane launches a new capital campaign, Ahmad secures the financing. And some money almost always goes missing. When Kane expands into new areas of business, Ahmad negotiates the contract, never forgetting a slice for himself. Did you hear that? Hold this jewel and listen. I'm indispensable. When the light of day is almost gone in these Venetian shadowed corners, sometimes then, dead voices speak aloud and start to interrupt your narrative. Here comes the voice of that no-good Ahmad. I'm indispensable, 
yet perpetually play the outsider in this company. Let's let Ahmad speak for himself, shall we? I'll take that gem back. Or do you like it? I make Kane feel good and look much better. Yet I'm relegated to second class. It's because I'm Muslim. Cain promises he cares little of religious matters, and that Allah is on par with Jesus, Moses, and all the other prophets, but he lowers me and those like me permanently down a peg, though I'm his financial glue. And finance is a skill Cain never had. I rose from my own humble origins to get to where I am, right hand of the most powerful man in the world. 